Hey there, Sean. Hey, Pierce. How's it going? It's pretty okay. All right. That means it's time for another episode of the It's Pretty Okay podcast. Let's do it. Let's start the show. on Tuesday. Uh, I just came back from a weekend jaunt down to Richmond to celebrate Emily's birthday. Uh, One that included uh, exploring a new place. Got uh, sandwiches from a ghost kitchen, uh, something we've talked about before, uh, called Fat Kid Sandwiches. Oh, is an excellent name for a sandwich place. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it also sets a high bar for a sandwich place, which Fat Kid Sandwich very much cleared. It's very good. Um, but that caused a bit of an adjustment on my return trip back to D.C. <laughs> because lately, uh, or really over the last year and a half that I've been living here Um, whenever I go to visit her whether she was in Charlottesville or now in Richmond or if I went to see my brother on my way back typically on a you know Sunday I would I would leave you know around like 10 30 or 11 o'clock and be getting back into this area at kind of prime lunchtime and I would make sure that I stopped uh, first at uh, the Italian store in Arlington, a, a mm-hmm. staple, a staple of our collective relationship for several years now, um, mm-hmm. or more recently uh, during the pandemic at uh, Letteri, the mm-hmm. the trendy can it even be called trendy a seth brown choice uh, yeah. that's in dc and and so it's been kind of like a a fixture in my travel plans i was like you know i just i did just have a sub for lunch yesterday why don't i do something different mm-hmm. uh but that sort of got us talking about uh little travel rituals yeah, and and it's interesting, you know, you talk about your situation because uh, Kevin, you actually happened upon this topic cuz you separate separate from Sean, which leads me to believe we all kind of do this, you went through a similar ritual this weekend. Yeah, I was uh in Stowe, Vermont and <clears throat> uh I've made or I've gone up there uh maybe four times now and as long as I live up here, it'll probably be a, a trip that I go on often. And I've kind of stumbled into one where I go get some cans of beer from The Alchemist. Uh, and there's a gluten-free pizza place that Julia really enjoys. So, And they're right next to each other. So um, it makes sense to go. And as we were coming to head home this um, past weekend, we were 
just kind of ready to get home and uh, Julia had lots of work to do and we were trying to expedite things and we really struggled with like, a, well, do we go take the 45 minutes to go do this thing and, um, and delay getting home and we ultimately decided to do it and I, I think I was like a little annoyed or I was still just a little uh, frazzled by it but then by the time I get home I was really glad we did it and mm-hmm. I'm even like wow I because I was kind of um, not excited about it I didn't really go all out at the alchemist and now I'm thinking like man maybe I should have <laughs> gone all out on the alchemist so yeah um, so it's so- kind of make me thinking about like you know how these or whether it's good to do these things or like what we get out of it i don't know yeah and 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 max uh, we obviously discussed this a little bit before and and i was thinking i have things like this too that i do with which is a trip that that maybe you do frequently and there are stops you make and and really make every time you you do that trip um so for one it didn't sound like you had any and maybe you've thought of some now and and maybe more importantly as someone who who doesn't have them like do you have any ideas of like why we go to the same sandwich place or the same brewery or the same pizzeria on these trips that we take frequently enough that that we know what to expect yeah um i've been putting thought into it i can't really think of any examples for myself um Mm -hmm. The closest, oh, I guess, I could. Sorry. Oh, sorry. I, I've got a. I've got one that you might have. Is there a rest area on ninety five <laughs> that you always stop there, at? Well, yeah, kind the of. Same but one. Not, no, I never stopped at the same one. I would say that the closest thing I could honestly think of would maybe be stopping in in Freeport on the way up to my my parents' lake house in Maine to go to LL Bean. But even that was certainly not a not a ritual in the sense that we would go every time. I, I think to your point about why, and maybe it'll help me discover maybe maybe places that I do go is it's it's probably some kind of um, you know association with good memories related to that journey, perhaps. Um, mm-hmm. And maybe that's why I don't have any. I can't necessarily think like I remember because you, hate you know, everywhere you've ever been. <laughs> Maybe. I, I remember, you know, we used to visit my, my aunt living in D.C. probably once or twice a year, and I remember driving down and seeing the, the large um, Mormon church outside D.C. off the Beltway. And so that's like a I, – it's not really related. It's not a ritual place, but, like, I always – you know, that seeing that church, like, brings a memory of visiting my aunt, and I it's enjoyable in a way that is weird, but – so I, I, it's probably related to that. I don't think that's weird at all, and 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 that's well, it's just weird because it's a Mormon church. Well, <laughs> yeah, you're a hundred percent not allowed to. The actual guess. thing is it's, making me. Uh, it's like, oh, look at that! Like I probably thought it was like a Disney castle growing up because it, it well, looks like that's, one. That is exactly what it looks like. I mean, it's that's in my neck of the woods, so I I drive by it pretty frequently. Um, I I do think, I, I think that you are, maybe taking an unnecessarily narrow view of what constitutes a ritual because that absolutely is like that absolutely is what we're talking about it doesn't have to be like i go to this restaurant every single time it doesn't even have to be i go to ll bean every time i stop in freeport it it's it's something that you repeat with enough frequency i would say that it's something that you repeat with enough frequency 
that when you think about the trip, you at least think about, should I do this? Yeah, yeah. and I think another one is like, it doesn't yeah. even have to be like a long trip. Like I could yeah. say, oh, anytime I'm in the Brookline area, I want to go get a Union Square donut, even though like it's pretty close to me. But it's just something that I think about and do with, with high frequency. Yeah, and, and I think that you, you've kind of hit on, on something here. Uh, it, it is that it is a constant that you associate with that trip. And I would say more importantly, you know, Kevin, you talked about leaving. Sean, you talked about on your way home. I, when I go to Charlottesville, having been right at that, I, I think an ideal time is like you've got two, you, you drive two hours, you drive three hours, you get to, you get to a place. Um, and on the way in or on the way out, you have something that is, is kind of, it is the bookend to the trip. You associate the start of the trip. I get a cup of coffee at Shenandoah Joe's, um, or or I get a, too many bags of flour at Yoder's for me. <laughs> but but you associate it with the trip, and they are almost like the gatekeepers of the trip. So regardless of how the trip goes, I think that having these constants, be it the the Mormon the Mormon temple is not going to go anywhere, Max. Um, you know the alchemist, God forbid will never go anywhere. Same thing with the sub shops. These are things that are constant and they're the bellwethers to your trip. If something goes wrong with them, it means that something terribly has gone on and and you may never make the trip again to be uh, unnecessarily dark. But they are so, even though they might not be the point of the trip, you have to go through the gate to, to get to the kingdom, basically. And and I think that in that way, that's where the ritualistic aspect comes in and and you end up maybe you don't want to admit it for for me, but going and get a bag of coffee at Shenandoah Joe's is is in some ways the best part of the trip because I know that regardless of whatever else is going to happen, it will be open and I can get good coffee. Yeah, I also I also think that there is an element to this that we're all overthinking, and it's that if you go to a place repeatedly. I don't know about you. I'm not someone who says I must only do new things in this place that I've never done before. I am not by any stretch of the imagination attempting to truly discover 100% of the possibilities of that a place has. I want new I want some new stuff every time, but like you want to balance part of the reason why you keep coming back to the same places is that you like those places. You you have a fond memory. You've built a relationship of some sort. And so having having these little ritual spots, even something as, as simple as like when I go to the beach, this is the coffee shop I go to. Like it's a way it's a way to strike that balance. Sometime, you know, the new stuff may be a bit of a crapshoot. The new stuff may be good or bad, but I'll always have Shenandoah Joe to fall back on. It's always going to be good. So, like, I, I think that it's just it's nature. It's nature for us to seek some level of familiarity, even when we're going to a place that is, you know, uh, not foreign because we're talking about places that you go frequently, but like places that are not your like, primary residence. Yeah, yeah. I th- I think that that's kind of why there was a bit of hesitation for us this trip is that 
Um, I guess normally on a trip to somewhere new, if, like for me, if I have these ritual spots, I'll do new stuff for everything else. But then I, for what, for you know, for what's left over, I do new stuff. But I do the ritual spots. Whereas this time, because um, it was a, it was a pretty short trip and um, you know COVID and stuff, there was no like exploration or anything new. This was like the only stuff mm-hmm. we did um, on the way out. So I thought I think part of me was like, well maybe we should try the gluten-free pizza at this other restaurant, or maybe I should get some beer from like Burlington beer or something. And, but instead I, I, I fell back. And again, I'm, I'm, I'm happy with what I did. I just didn't know if I should have gone to the new places. Mm-hmm. Uh, Max, I, I kind of wonder with, with you, I mean, one trip you, you talked about a lot is, is going to the, the lake house in Maine. Um, and, and what we've kind of talked about, you know, Kevin is going to Stowe. He's he's been four times. I, I'm sure there's a lot new there. But it, and you know, Sean went to Richmond. This was new. You mentioned it was new, but you still had these stalwarts you could stop at. Max is is maybe is maybe the ritual aspect for you like just the the house there. I mean, it is a house. It is a home of sorts. And so like other stuff might be new. The lake may have changed in some way. But but your stalwart is you know drinking coffee on on your porch. I, I mean I think that that could still be in some ways like what you look forward to there. Yeah, I mean it definitely it definitely could be. I don't know if that really takes the place of like a, a specific destination. I mean even thinking about it up in up in Maine, there's still places that we always kind of go for mm-hmm. lobster, for instance. We have, I mean, there's one restaurant that um we go to for lobster rolls and whatnot and i think i realized this past summer that it's not very good (laughs) and i think because i said something about oh i'm gonna take uh bridget there and she's allergic to all seafood so you know it was more like a we knew what we were getting into but they have other other stuff and my parents were like why would you take her there it's not even that good and i was like but we always go there (laughs) and we and we do we always go there but it's it's really not like there's there's definitely better places so why do we go back there um to that i mean it's got to be yeah it's that memory thing but i think also yeah just enjoying enjoying the same Mm -hmm. house could be the same um thing having having coffee in the same spot having a i don't know campfire or something i guess i I mean it's in a lot of ways the same reason that folks drink insert not great tasting but consistent macro beer it's because you you are comforted by the consistency and you're not looking for it to be good as much as you're looking for it to be an enjoyable experience and then you associate associate that i I think that the eh, maybe not good pizza place the not great seafood place are, are prime examples because it's like well you know it's still pizza and i was still hanging out with people um, and, and, you know, I think, I think Shenandoah Joe's is great, but I'm also conditioned by that repeated utility and enjoyment I get from going there, which, which really has very little to do with the quality of the coffee and more the quality of the space and the people and the journey. Yeah. I, it's a, it is a familiar space and, and, yeah. and that's just, it's so important. I like for for me i think i don't actually like shenandoah joe's coffee quite as much as you do but it was still you know it was a fixture because it was a place that when i lived in charlottesville i could walk to and Mm -hmm. and spend some time and and sit in a chair and and hang out and 
you know, read a book or edit a podcast. Uh, and, you know, uh, places like, uh, I mean, college is so, is so rife with this because the whole, uh, you know, one of the whole points of that time is about like, you know, building memories and, and fostering relationships with people. And so much of that is built on familiarity and, and shared experiences. So like you really, in a lot of ways, almost everything in college is like a ritual. Uh, Mm -hmm. but it's, you know, I think maybe it's a little, a little harder to, you know, it's harder to find when you're out in the world. And so the example of the lake house is interesting to me, I think because as I picture it, it's almost like a bell curve situation where that almost, it's been such a fixture in your life and you go at, you know, you go frequently, you go at fairly predictable intervals and have for so long that it's almost in some ways, like not even a trip, if that makes sense. That's just like part of the calendar. Yeah. So like, I, I I think that I don't think that it's unfair at all for you to think about those differently than, you know, like, if I had gone to Asheville three times in the last 10 years. Yeah. And I, I, I guess the, the other thing um, I'm thinking about is, you know, when you do have a place you go frequently enough, um, you know, it's a place like your college town or, or, or wherever else, um, you know, if, if you did get to a point where this this ritual somehow got upended, are are these things that are important enough that it would you know, ruin a trip? Like Kevin, if you if you couldn't bring back Alchemist cans, would that really color your trip in a way that you thought of it negatively? No, I I don't think so. Not not in this case. I think. Like, for me, the Shenandoah Joe's one would be, like, a more powerful example if mm-hmm. I went to Charlottesville and didn't get that because that is, uh, like, that is more of a nostalgic trip for me when I go there. Whereas yeah. with Stowe, this is a very new thing in my life, um, mm-hmm. and it, we go there to see some family. So it's just, like, there's a different connotation with the trip. But, like, with w- one thing I would say is that with, like, The Alchemist, I went there the first time because, you know you have to go try Hetty Topper. And so I got it and loved it. And so I went and got it again. And so it kind of started and I've, I've had a couple of cans that like weren't that great, but like at this point I'd probably have to like have three trips in a row of it being like not great for me to, mm-hmm. to, to, to take it off the ritual list, so to speak. Yeah. And, and the, the other thing I'd ask, and I use the can example and, and one thing that I, I've thought about this, this whole time is that we have each mentioned Max being the exception? Things that you can—they uh, are portable nostalgia, be it coffee or flour or sandwiches—and um, and does that play into it too? I mean, Max, you you seem to be lacking something that you can take a souvenir from the trip, 
I mean, that's really what it is. You are you are lacking a souvenir. You know, your parents your parents go on a work trip when you're a kid and they bring something back for you. You didn't even go on that trip, but but you associate a memory with that and it might be a tchotchke from the airport for all you know. So do you feel like you are lacking by these trips that you do all the time and not having, you know, something you bring back with you every time? Um, no, I don't think so. But I think it's it's tricky because to have something like this, you're suggesting that it has to be a place that you go to frequently, but not frequently enough. Um, hmm. which is tricky. I mean, I did kind of think of one, which is that for the past probably year and a half, um, every time uh, we drive north, we stop at um, Guilty Nugs, uh, if you know what I mean. It's a, a national fast food chain based in Atlanta. Whose name I don't want to say, but they make best, chicken. Best and fries ever. Don't enjoy uh, other things. Anyway, so oh, we do stop Hate there. Ville? Yes, we stop at Hateville. Hateville fried chicken. Uh, <laughs> every time we drive to either Maine or Amesbury or Newburyport, anywhere north, basically. And by basically, I mean we every day, unless it's a Sunday, because they're not open on Sundays. This specific mm. local establishment. Mm. Yes. Uh, but I don't know if that really counts as a ritual spot. It's more just because. I mean, it kind of is, but it's it's more for for Bridget than for myself. I mean, we don't we don't have another one of those anywhere else near us, so it's kind of an excuse to to go there. There's a hole in a trip if you don't go to Hate Phil's Hate Chicken. So, um, I I that sound that sounds like a, a ritual to me. It is the gatekeeper for you going north. I think we've also focused far too much on consumable rituals. Um, yeah, I I agree. I agree. So well, because you can bring it, you can bring it home. I, I that's that's what I'm thinking. It's it's an but, but tangible even, thing you can associate. But even then, all of the things that we've talked about are things that you bring home, and then put in your stomach. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> so like that's it's a very specific subset. I and and I think that like I think that there are versions of this that are even broader than I go to Hateville to get chicken nuggets and uh, some some french fries that I will probably be uh, dumped if I admit that I think are a little overrated um, but it, it it's it's also something where like whenever Emily and I go anywhere, if there is an independent bookstore, we're going to go there. And mm-hmm. it doesn't necessarily mean that I'm going to buy books. I'm 100% going to buy books because that's how my brain is wired. Uh, it's undefeated to, to date. But, I, you know, but having, you know, ha- I think that there's, I think that we focused a lot on the specific rituals associated with food and drink and and that's that makes a lot of sense because tons of our cultural rituals are based around Mm -hmm. shared experiences of food and drink for sure but Mm -hmm. you know just going like going to the independent bookstore in the place you go is a way for you to immerse yourself in the culture of a place when you get there and and see like you know, you can talk to the staff uh, in a time where we're not all scared to talk to people. You can get a, a peek into, like, what 
what they think is important culturally speaking and, and so like it's a way you know i think it's a way to like be more one with the world if if that's not you know too too zen hippie to say yeah if you're if you're like me like before the trip you'll go on google maps and like go to the place you're going to and kind of search through the same like three things to kind of be like oh these are three things that i kind of like to do on trips and let me see like where they line up on the map and yeah and and there's still there's more than just like there's also more than going to bookstores and like people who go to charlottesville and go do all of the various hikes around the area like what is that if not a ritual if you if you go and you know mm-hmm. even if it's i go and i try a new hike every time like that is still that is still definitely a ritual yeah and and that makes me think uh, it may not be something that we all enjoy but i think plenty of people have a ritual and you i mean look tom hanks what is it all his his instagram photos are are like the gloves like the gloves hanging around i think some people have stuff like that they go everywhere and they always take a picture sometimes it's just that action and and again i think it is it is the way you have a just a control some kind of constant so that you recall the the trip and and i think if nothing else that's really nice because i just had i just had a phone call today at work where people aren't taking time away and i know it's really hard right now and sometimes maybe you just need to take a picture uh you know in front of in front of a silly sign maybe that's what you do on every trip or or to have a hot dog somewhere because you always have a rest stop hot dog or, or something like that um but just getting that reminder that like i've taken time away and I remind myself that I'm enjoying myself by doing this silly little thing that ultimately, ultimately, these things matter to us individually. And going the alchemist, it is cool. I think it's really cool, Kevin. But like, it does not matter to me in the same way it matters to you, because we have this special relationship with the trip and the ritual that makes it a trip, I think. So yeah, everything's a ritual. Every, it's kind of like where we wound. Yeah, it's Max, kind of do, you, do you breathe everywhere you go? <laughs> I usually, yeah, usually. I like to. Try <laughs> I recall the water. times you didn't. It was tough. <laughs> um, I I don't know. Like, yeah, I like to. I still am not sure if I have anything like that, but I'll, I'll have to think about it. Nowadays, I'd say I I try breweries anywhere I go. Mm. Um. If there's a brewery within like 45 minutes of somewhere I'm staying for more than a night, I will go there. <laughs> I, I, yeah, you you definitely just described your ritual. That passes. Like 100%. Yeah. yeah. Unless I go to like New York City and then there's probably like 100 breweries within 45 minutes, I won't make it to all of them. It's just <laughs> You can just do just just do you can start with one. But yeah, we, we started start with one. You know, we started with this fairly narrow definition. Which is like, I go to this specific restaurant every time I go to X place. But really, the the mm-hmm. lesson of this all is is that, you know, ritual is much more expansive than that. I mean, I, I, like every society in the history of the world is based on rituals. So like, yeah. we probably <laughs> should have known better than to and, make it about sandwiches and beer. Yeah. Well, and and honestly, like 
go to like go take a break and do these rituals. Nothing is is that important that you're doing right now, except if you're voting, in which case that is more important than anything else. But otherwise, take yeah. a break. Go get coffee. Go get uh, a book, or go take uh, a picture in in front of something silly. I don't know. Yeah, why not? All right. Well, that will wrap up our our main topic this week, so we can move on to Pierce is Sorry. What are you apologizing for today? So, I believe there was a time that I apologized for not realizing until I was, I believe, in my 20s um, that a cow is the female version of cattle. Mm -hmm. So, they're not all cows. It's cattle and some are cows and some are bulls. So this is something that I realized recently, and I'm going to apologize to you three because I think it's going to have a similar effect on you as it did me. And also it's one of those things that I should have just realized because I needed to, to think about it. Um, but uh, I learned last week or maybe two weeks ago now, it is decorative gourd season, as, as you well know. It's coming to a close here. Melons are gourds that was shared with me the other day and i feel like i should have realized it and so i felt like an idiot but then i looked it up and it just blew me away it's a lot like the cows and cattle thing but melons are a type of gourd and i just had no idea because i totally was swayed by like the savory gourd industry and did not realize that it's pumpkins and and butternut squash and also honeydew. And big, uh, big melon and big gourd are one. <laughs> yeah, big melon and big gourd are one. Uh, yeah, and yeah, and and it just it's been bugging me ever since. And I thought that this was a germane week to address this failing on my part. So. Oh. I'm sorry for, for thinking Big Melon and Big Gourd were two different things, and they're both one evil capitalist family in the grocery store. I got I to gotta go reset my circuitry real quick. <laughs> yeah. Well, you, you, you apologized to us for that, but really that had no effect on us until you now told it us does. that you... Yeah, now it does. <laughs> it was preempt. I had to share it. And so it's like a real-time apology, which is, you know... <laughs> Late breaking news: <laughs> Melons are gourds. Oh my god! Okay, uh, all right. Well, we'll all try to regroup from that and close the show with a big idea from pop culture. Uh, and I have been, uh, I've, I've been Marie condoing my backlog of eight zillion podcast episodes. Uh, really particularly this week uh i've i've just sort of made it made it a point to really go through my library with a pretty critical and and realistic eye and try to ask myself what am i going to listen to and what am i probably never going to get to like that episode of mark maron from two and a half years ago with Woody Harrelson like I'm not really gonna listen to that uh, another thing that I have a lot of is like limited series run podcasts where there's you know six episodes eight episodes and 
it's the kind of thing where I figured I'm probably going to listen to this in more or less, you know, front to back. Like I may not sit down for seven hours to listen to the whole thing uninterrupted, but I'm going to start this and I'm probably not going to listen to anything else until I finish it. And I jettisoned a few, but one that I kept and listened to over the last two, three days uh, is Floodlines. Floodlines is a podcast done by Van Newkirk, who is a writer for The Atlantic. Uh, And it's all about Hurricane Katrina and not just, you know, it's about the, you know, the storm itself and the damage it did. But it's also really a show about the people who lived through it and the people who failed those people. And it just, it was so very, very good. Uh, It's one of those things that's kind of hard to listen to at points uh, in, in a way that, you know, lets me know even in a time where I'm cooped up in my apartment alone every day, like, you know, my emotions still work and I can still get sad and angry um, and so I'm probably more, I, I'm certainly more attuned to that for this particular show, given the subject matter and who I am, but it's really, it's really good regardless of, of, you know, of whether you experienced Hurricane Katrina firsthand. And honestly, it's worth the price of admission for, uh, one of the later episodes in the run where Newkirk interviews Michael Brown, the director, the then director of FEMA, who mm-hmm. uh, notoriously, uh, you know, got that job after uh, being the commissioner of like the International Arabian Horse Association and uh, what was told by. George W. Bush, Brownie, you're doing a heck of a job, which was utterly not the case. Um, not true. And it's it's a it's a really fascinating interview because he like he can really tell you can really tell listening to it that he is aware that there were pretty major mistakes that were made that were. Uh, detrimental to a ton of people and at the same time he's pretty defensive about his level of personal responsibility and he he kind of bristles at the idea that it might be reasonable for him to apologize uh he kind of wants to ask a bunch of times like what am i supposed to be apologizing for And, and it's just like it's a fascinating it's a fascinating interview. I'm sure that there's some some lesson about it that's germane to today, but that's not really that's not really you know that's not really the point. Uh, it's just a it's a super engaging listen. The whole thing is probably uh, six hours across all of it. It's less than six hours even. Uh, there's an episode that really focuses on this uh, General Russell Honore who led like national guard efforts and is a louisiana guy and is like a real john wayne type 
but he's also like an old black general with a really salty voice uh, who cusses a lot. Uh, and he was he was kind of fun. So if you uh, if you need if you need podcasts to listen to, if you're the opposite of me and don't need to clean stuff out but need to find new things, uh, Floodlines is definitely worth a listen. Cool. <clears throat> All right, that is the end of the show. Uh, you can find us at our home on the web, www.prettyokpod.com. You can also subscribe to the show feed on your favorite podcast app. Uh, if you do that, you will get these episodes every week when they come out without having to go look for them. So that's kind of nice. Uh, if you do that, please do us one favor. Leave like a rating, review, comment, that sort of thing. Or just tell a friend about the show. We'd love to share with them as well. Uh, we will be back next week to talk about something else, which we will have recorded this week, so nobody has to stress about uh, recording on Election Day. Uh, until then, uh, thanks for listening. I'm Sean. I'm Pierce. I'm Max. I'm Kevin. Talk to you next time. I can't.